Hey y'all, it is me, it is I, love Ashley Elaine, and I am here to be your guide as we journey through our body's voices and what it looks like is opening up the space for other people to share the journey through finding their voices, the voices of their body to help us find ours, and I love it. This particular episode, we will be diving into a, a very rich conversation. There's so much in it. I didn't know what to use um, for the promo. It was There was so much. Um, but we're going to be talking with my dear friend. Everybody's my dear friend if they've been on this show. Michelle Gertis. Yes, she is a beautiful soul, a Reiki master a yoga teacher and works with the perinatal and postnatal um population right so she's going to talk to us about her journey as uh finding tapping into her spiritual gifts as a growing up in a jewish family right and just what that looks like for her and her family generationally all the things all the things so you know the vibes Prepare your mind, body, and soul as we get into this episode. One of my most favorite self-care regimens is to take long baths. Like I've literally just redecorated my whole entire bathroom to bring home my own spa experience. One of my favorite things to add are body scrubs. CB Soap and Candle Co. have the most amazing body scrubs. Like they're made with pure love, so much love, leaving my legs and my body and just everything feeling so good, like pure silk, like I've just renewed my whole entire body. Enjoy spa quality products in the comfort of your own home with CB Soap and Candles, Candle Co., Go to cbsoapandcandleco.com and use code VOTB, all caps, to get 10% off your order. So my last order, which I need to order more, that I made was Coco Cashmere, which is like, you want to go back into the black and white Hollywood films and feel like diamonds and pearls like Coco Cashmere does that at least for me the smell the smell is so like beautiful like the smell is gorgeous and it's really like the smell is really really nice for that transition into the fall right like that real grounding space um like a nice sandalwood but my fave, which I wish I brought like thousands of them, was passion fruit, guava, and mint. I brought passion fruit, guava, and mint when like around the spring summer time when we're in that nice transition from spring into summer. Sis, ma'am, sir, guy, all of y'all. Passion fruit and guava. First of all, I love, I love guava. I love guava. There's like this nice dance that the guava and mint do with like the passion fruit. And it's, 
it's 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 beautiful it's refreshing the mint is very refreshing and then just the smell of fruit it smells like fresh fruit with mint like your whole shower your whole bathroom still smells like it afterwards these scents are so authentic you can feel the love and the time that was made in curating these products and how thoughtful the pairing is it's so beautiful so so beautiful so go to cb soap and co Candle Co, excuse me, go to cbsoapandcandleco.com and use the code VOTB, all caps, to get 10% off your order. Sounds dry. And we are back. Mm. So I want to invite you all to find a comfortable seated position or a space or posture that your body is needing in this present moment. Maybe it's laying down, maybe it's sitting up and finding your feet flat onto the ground. And you have the option here, if you feel safe in your body and in your surroundings, to bring your gaze down your nose or to close your eyes completely. And I invite you to bring one palm to your heart space and one palm to your belly. And just allow yourself to feel the warmth from your palms. To allow this posture, to allow this space, to allow your hands and the power that you hold within them to connect with the power that is within you, right? The space where you consider the center of your body, where, where one of your palms are, is where you hold your power. The space where you're holding one of your palms in your in your chest, right? That is your heart space. The love that you give to yourself and others. The joy and the peace that resides in that space. So when we invite both our power bank and our love bank to connect, what comes up for you? What do you feel without trying to control your breath, without trying to speed up your breath, without trying to hold your breath? Just allow the power that you feel within your body and the love that you feel within your body to resonate, to move around, to connect. Being mindful of any thoughts that might be arising, right? Paying attention to what your body is doing as those thoughts arise. Does it feel good? Does it feel safe? Does it feel secure? Does it feel interesting? Is there something arising that you're curious about? Yet don't place judgment on anything. Sounds dry. 
and take a big breath in and Sounds release. Big good. breath in and release. Last Sounds one, good. big breath in and release. What is it that you feel within yourself that you're curious about? As you slowly remove your hands, rubbing the palms together and bringing them to your legs, to your thighs, or option to bring them back to the heart space and or the belly. Allow yourself to sit here, to stay here, and become curious. Curiosity is different than judgment. Curiosity invites more learning. Judgment tells you that what you're thinking, what you're feeling is wrong and that it's bad and that it's not good for you. Sounds right. And allow yourself to slowly come back and even take a minute to journal about this if you have the space. And we will be right back. Anybody that knows me knows that coffee is my thing. I wake up in the morning, I get me a cup of coffee. I also truly enjoy teas. Teas are so healing for the body, mind, body, and spirit. Ocean Royalty Healing's mission is to lead through transparency as a vessel to inspire healing. Each of their products are made with pure love and with the intention to provide emotional healing. Whether you're indulging in one of their herbal tea blends or um, or their thoughtfully crafted intention oils, you do so with so much joy. Ocean Royalty is here to offer physical, spiritual, and emotional healing through the curative power of energy healing, herbs, and crystals. Try any of their products at OceanRoyaltyHealing.com for 10% off with the code Voices of Ocean. May peace and blessings reside with you always. And when you say healing energy, I can feel it. 
right? I never use products that I don't know where other people's hands are because healing comes from the hands. And these teas, amazing. I got the lavender chamomile tea to drink at night. And when I tell you the lavender is so potent, it hits you. And you like before you even take a sip, the the lavender coming from the cup with the nice steam when it's nice and hot, my eyes is ready to fall asleep. Like my eyes were closing just off the smell. Like I I was about to fall asleep with it sitting in my hand, right? And it also tastes so good, so good, so so good. It's so it's so pure. You can taste the purity in this tea. I've also used or drink, I still drink the goddess womb tea. The goddess womb tea, I highly recommend ladies uh, and men, you can buy this for your ladies, right? Um, to help ease cramps during our, our cycles, our moon cycles, during, after our cycles, right? To help bring blood flow back in, to help clean out anything that needs to be cleaned out, to keep our wombs healthy, ladies. This goddess womb tea is packed with vitamins, iron, magnesium, and antioxidants, and it's made with red raspberry, nettle leaf, hibiscus flower, orange peel, and rose hip. After I had my miscarriage, I was told that red raspberry, well, I Googled what I should eat, what I should drink, all those things. And I still, I haven't stopped drinking red raspberry tea. Red raspberry tea has been a saving grace. So this goddess womb tea is really good for clearing out any of those energies, right? Really restoring the womb and restoring the body. Our creativity comes from that space also. So go ahead and head over to OshanRoyaltyHealing.com for 10% off with the code Voices of Oshan. And welcome back to Voices of the Body. So again, my voice is a little is a little froggy, um, but y'all will be fine. So I have with me this episode. I'm so excited. I'm excited. I feel like I say that every episode. <laughs> But that just means I'm right where I need to be. Um, my good friend and favorite Reiki uh, person in the world and <laughs> yoga teacher, right? She's one of my fellow yogis, yoginis, uh, Michelle Gerbs. So she is. she was a successful editor in one of New York City's busiest newsrooms. Um, but after having her two children and two life-changing postpartum mood disorders, it became clear that the long days away from her family no longer fit her purpose. I love that. She then made room in her life for the gifts of yoga and realized her calling was to share those gifts with others on their own healing journey. Michelle is a yoga, meditation, and mindfulness guide, a postpartum doula, and a Reiki energy worker. At the essence of Michelle's work, she uses all of her gifts and skills to help people forge and walk paths to lead their best and most authentic lives. Michelle holds a number of certifications, including her 200-hour um, registered yoga teaching certification, trauma-informed yoga, yoga for depression and anxiety, prenatal yoga, prenatal mental health, and level two Reiki. Michelle is the founder of Princeton Doula Center, which helps families adjust to bringing baby home because we definitely need that. Um, doulas provide support on infant feeding, sleep, and soothing emotional and physical recovery from birth. 
bonding and basic newborn care. Michelle specializes in working with families experiencing um, a perinatal mood disorder. Yoga practices with Michelle, whether one-on-one or group sessions, empathize a balance between the sometimes hard work of self-discovery and the beautiful task of self-care. As an energy worker, Michelle draws on Reiki, quantum healing, and other modalities. Clients describe sessions with Michelle as powerful and peaceful, and I like I've had two Reiki sessions with her already, and it's true. Like they're very, they're very powerful. Like you're, you're like um, what candy is it? Like it's very like just like settle, and it looks like oh this is gonna be good, and then you eat it, and it's like. Like all the <laughs> like a gusher. Like Pop Rocks? Is a, my is my Reiki like Pop Rocks? Yes, the crystal. <laughs> yes, interesting. I haven't heard it described as Pop Rocks yet, but that might that might uh, that might have to go in there. <laughs> I love that. Oh man, mm, either that and gushers. Yeah. I can see gushers definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You never never know what you're gonna get, right? Some Literally. sessions are 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 peaceful and a, a lot of it is, you know, relaxation and getting in touch with self. Yeah. And then when energy is ready to move, right? Mm. Which is up to you, not up to me, right? Up to the the client, then mm-hmm. we can have a gusher or we can have pop rocks, right? Yeah. 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 But even with that, right, sometimes it's like, okay, something is sitting in there, but I don't know what it is or how to move it or just like, you know, when you, when you're, I always say a healing journey, like I call a healing journey an awareness journey now, Mm -hmm. um, because once you've moved through like the saying yes to, okay, I need to start healing, right? everything else is like, you just continue becoming more aware, more aware, more aware, more aware. Right. So in that space, like with what, with Reiki, you're like, you're the person that's like, it's like, okay, I've got something that needs to be moved. Like something is stale, something is in there and I can't really like, I don't really know how to articulate it or touch it or any of that. Like you, you kind of give permission to touch it. I like that. I like that. Yeah. yeah. I like to, I like to take my personal self out of it as much as possible, except mm-hmm. for um, creating a safe space to feel what it is that's coming up. And if it's ready to release it, mm-hmm. release it and facilitate it. So I'm all about kind of creating that safe place to, to, I forget what word you use, but for me, it's knowledge, right. To to build the knowledge of self and what is this inside of me and where is it and is it ready to move or, or what am I learning from it still? And maybe we'll tuck it back in and learn from it some more. And then we'll, we'll take it out and take another look next time. Yeah. Yeah. Cause my first session with you taught me that you can cry from different places in your body. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that was that was beautiful. That was beautiful. Yeah. And you know, I created the space for it. Um, but but you did the work. Yeah. Right? Oof. Got chills <laughs> already. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for like wanting to have this conversation with me. Um, as you know, like all month I'm diving into religion and spirituality and like the culture of, you know, all these different religions, sacred texts, like everything. Right. And just really what that looks like in us being individuals um what that looks like in us just being allowed to or saying yes to you know still still loving god acknowledging you know something bigger than us both and accepting that that something bigger than us whatever anybody wants to refer to it as um created us to be a certain type of person right um so i'm curious well i know (laughs) (laughs) but tell us about like your upbringing um in religion you know that background and what what all that looked like when it comes to like spiritual gifting sure so and thank you for having me and I think I'm equally as excited to to (laughs) hang out with you and chat so um so I am Jewish um I was brought up in a uh, reformed temple Um, my, uh, mother was, was more conservative, which is slightly more observant. And my grandparents were, um, went to an Orthodox temple, which is, you know, gradient of Mm -hmm. of being observant. Um, and we lived with my grandparents for a long time. So a a lot of, um, you know, a lot of messages from like a, a, a more observant, um, sect, um, so I grew up Jewish. Um, I grew up largely, um, my neighborhood was actually, um, almost entirely, uh, Hasidic. Um, but I, I went to uh, a Hebrew day school, conservative Hebrew day school for a few years and then went into to public school, mm-hmm. um, eventually in, in sixth grade. So, um, grew up, um, I would say probably fairly typical, certainly, you know, I want to emphasize that my Jewish upbringing isn't every Jewish upbringing and my, my opinions and my, my view, right. Of Judaism and the culture isn't certainly going to be everyone's. This is just kind of my little corner of it. Um, so grew up, you know, Jewish, um, celebrating the holidays, um, you know, studying Torah, um, studying customs and, and, uh, uh, holidays and, you know, observing, um, you know, going, going to temple on Friday nights, going to temple on the high holidays. Um, so yeah, very steeped, steeped in, in Judaism and, and being aware of certainly the different kind of sects and, uh, you know, from friends and neighbors and, um, yeah. Awesome. And <clears throat> like, so, and thank you for, cause what I don't want people to think is that like, we're speaking for the whole entire, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause people. Which would be imp- completely impossible, right? It's yeah. like any religion or culture, right? There's, there's so many different dynamics and, and pieces to it. Um, so this is just my little corner of Jersey Judaism. <laughs> Jersey. As experienced key, through key the word. lens of Michelle. Yeah. yeah. Keyword Jersey. Um, yeah. <laughs> But also like, this is, this is your experience. This is your, you know, and that's why I wanted to have you on because 
when it comes to yoga, right? Like, and I think like you, I shared this with you in, in the first episode of this month, it was like, when I got into it, I was like, I love what this, like this is doing to me. And it's not just mm-hmm. my body. It's like something mm-hmm. else is mm-hmm. awakening me and tapping me into more, but a lot of, um, people, like a lot of people that I know that are Christian, it's like, well, what, like you, like, are you going to be a Christian yogi? Like, how does that work? And it's like, yeah. So it's like, mm, I'm still learning. Right. And I didn't allow that to deter me from continuing to learn because of what I was experiencing within my body. Right. It was a good experience. Um, so how did you move in? Like, how did you get into yoga? How did you find that practice? And what was that like also, for your like religious upbringing. Yeah. So I just want to point out that um, I keep nodding whenever you're talking and people can't see me nodding, but I'm like <laughs> nodding emphatically. Like, yes, yes. That's my experience too. <laughs> um, so um, I, I had always kind of dabbled, right. I had a, a really stressful career. I was a newspaper editor for years and years and always super stressed out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always heard yoga is good for stress. So I would take like a yoga class, but so sporadically. Right. And you know, that like, it's, um, it's a commitment, right. It's a commitment to your practice and a commitment to yourself. And I just was never ready to kind of make that commitment at that time. Mm-hmm. And it was after, um, I had, uh, two kids, uh, two years apart. And, um, with my first, I had a, a pretty deep, uh, perinatal mood disorder, which includes both anxiety and depression, postpartum, antepartum Mm -hmm. uh, before and uh, postpartum after. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was through that healing that um, my, my therapist said to me something that I just carry with me every day. And she said, Michelle, we don't really know what happens after this. Yeah but we know that we have this Mm. and Mm. let's make the best of this Mm. that we can. And I was like, Ooh, Joyce. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't think much, I don't think a day, maybe two goes by that. I don't, I don't think of that. So, um, powerful, very, very powerful. So had my first baby came out of my first really, um, dark, dark place, went back to work, (laughs) Mm -hmm. had my second, um, I had another uh, postpartum uh, depression and anxiety, but was, was much more managed. We were ready for it. And it was really after the second one and having two kids that I thought there's, we don't know what happens after this, but Mm. we know we have this. And is this the best? Mm. Is this what I had hoped I would feel once I got here with the quote important job in the city and, you know, husband and two uh, happy, healthy kids. Um, And it just wasn't what I had been told, right. Mm -hmm. I would feel inside once I attained these things. Mm -hmm. So um, long story short, um, which I'm not good at. I'm more of a long story, longer kind of person. <laughs> I was going to say, short. keep it long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, had made some, some changes at work, which I thought 
would would be helpful and they were to some degree but in that um pulling back at work switching jobs i was able to start practicing regularly mm-hmm. and there was a yoga studio up the street from me for years and years that i must have passed literally hundreds of times that i didn't even see wow. um where where you and i met actually mm-hmm. um and um went to my first class and i was like aha I don't know what exactly this is. I don't know what's happening, but something just happened and I need more of it. Mm. (laughs) And um, jumped into teacher training after maybe a regular practice of six or eight weeks, not necessarily always the path or maybe advisable, right? (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I, you know, something inside me said, this is your thing, you're ready. And um, wanted to use yoga to bring to pregnant people and new parents. Yeah. Um, because that was kind of, I felt like I was given these perinatal mood disorders with a purpose first to get me well, right? I had suffered with, um, lived despite um, anxiety and depression pretty much as far back as I can remember. But having my first child was that push to to get into therapy to look at myself to do what i needed to do um meds were very useful for me mm-hmm. um and when they are useful and prescribed can literally be a lifesaver um but then finding yoga i knew right just what it did for me in that 6 weeks or in that one that one hour class knowing mm-hmm. that the gifts of yoga would be so, so useful and are so, so needed mm-hmm. in, in that population. So I started doing the teacher training with the idea in mind that I would use it in my doula work, right? I'm a postpartum doula. Mm-hmm. So I take care of uh, birthing people and babies and partners mm-hmm. um, from newborn to about three months. Mm-hmm. Um, and my specialty is one or more because the non-birthing person can also have a, a, a mood disorder um, after bringing baby home. So that's, um, that's my love. I love, I love coming in and, and bringing just all the things that I bring into yeah. that, into that home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now when you, so, and just talking about like mental health, right. In that pot like, I believe you said antipartum, right. Which we don't think about that part right um right, we think oh we're pregnant yay we're so happy yeah yeah my back hurts but isn't it a beautiful miracle <laughs> look I can't sleep at night and I gotta pee five times a day but it's so beautiful and my hormones are mm-hmm. um you know doing what they're doing and for some women it can be uplifting mm-hmm. emotionally and for some women it can work toward uh depression anxiety um, sleeplessness, et cetera. So, um, yeah, I think people have this misconception that when you're, you're pregnant, it's, you know, there's aches and pains and there's some nervousness, right. About, about maybe labor and delivery about being a parent. Um, but, um, not, not everyone, (laughs) not everyone enjoys the, the experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's important for, 
people to just know, period, right? Because just because we're women, that doesn't mean that, you know, yes, we want children, but it's like, am I like some, for some women, it's like, okay, I love my partner enough to sacrifice my body to give them a child, even though like, I do want a child. I just don't want this experience or, you know, it's like, it's, it's so like women, oh, it's, there's just so much that comes with this body that, yeah, that people just assume we want to just keep getting pregnant all the time, (laughs) right? That we want to be pregnant, that, you know, without really checking in with us and asking us, well, what does this experience really feel like for you, right? Like, yes, it's, 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 you know, at the end of it, we get a beautiful baby, right? And get to mother that baby, both and like, that's a journey that is like, (laughs) yeah. And, you know, people say, uh, people say the strangest things Mm -hmm. to pregnant people, right? Mm -hmm. And um, not, you know, your individual experience isn't the same as everyone else's and your expectations of what their experience might be. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I think, um, encouraging a little more think before you talk <laughs> a little more sensitivity it used to be years ago when I was pregnant like you know 15 years ago that uh, people would strangers would come up and even even touch you touch your pregnant belly put their hands on you and that that's that's an obvious no yeah. I think now there's less of that there's more awareness of that but there's le- there's less of um, trigger warning how much how much weight have you gained mm-hmm. um, is mm-hmm. it is it a boy or a girl? Well, you live in a non-binary gender world. So, yeah. um, and additionally, there's there's gender dysphoria, right? Perhaps you had always dreamed of having a baby of a, of a gender and the baby is not that gender and there can be disappointment. So um, allowing for all um, emotions, right? It, it's okay to feel the full spectrum of your feelings certainly in pregnancy and certainly in pregnancy they're often going to be ramped up and changing because we've got the 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 hormone circulating right right um and that's that's just the the way of it so um yeah where was i going with this let's please have (laughs) sensitivity in how we speak to birthing people (laughs) please please yeah Yeah. definitely and so like coming back to like the mental health piece of your pregnancy, right? And you're in a space where like you're trying to find what's working, what like what's going to help you heal, what's going to help your body. When you got into yoga, did you ever have like any reservations because of your religion or like your family? You know, did like yeah. what what was that like? Yeah, so that's a really good question. Um so my my mom had actually started practicing yoga before me and she has mm. this like little group that she would go to yoga with every week and it was very sweet and adorable and also really good for her right the key is to keep moving as you get older right keep moving yeah. keep moving um so um the, the the physical practice was never kind of um anything i was wary of or, or thought would would 
pr- produce some kind of conflict with being Jewish. Mm-hmm. But um, I was taught, right, in, in my temple and in, in my household, in my upbringing, that um, being Jewish mm-hmm. um, is important. It's an important part of your identity. Mm. It's important to stay Jewish, to raise your children Jewish, to keep a Jewish household, whatever that might look, whether it's celebrating holidays, whether you're keeping kosher, whether you're participating in certain cultural things, right? It's important to, to be Jewish. Yeah. Um, and part of that, I was taught, was a staunch rejection mm. of any other religion. So it was, um, I had friends that weren't allowed to go to church with friends. I would go to church with friends because I was a geek and what else are you going to do? So <laughs> friends would come my, my Catholic, I had Catholic friends, my Catholic friends would come to temple with me on Friday night. And I would sometimes go to church with them on Sunday mornings because you know, mm-hmm. what else are a bunch of nerds going to do? Right. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> like marching band or church or temple. That's what we did. Um, and I, I knew was in that... marching band also. So I'm, I'm a certified yeah, um... nerd as well. <laughs> yes. Band geeks unite. I love it. Um, so would go to church, but with the idea that it, it was, it was nice, but it wasn't for me, mm-hmm. but I know I had Jewish friends that weren't allowed to go to church um, because that was, that was not Jewish and that was not okay. Yeah. Um, so I guess I had, I would have boundaries around um you know, other religions and, and letting other religious doctrines kind of in, into mm-hmm. my, my space. Mm-hmm. Um, so of course, yoga is not a religion, but it is uh, married to, to Hinduism. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, so it was a, a little, um, I felt resistance um, while still wanting to respect the lineage of yoga. Mm-hmm. I felt a lot of resistance around studying uh, Hinduism. And, um, but the more I heard about Hinduism and just starting to, to study a little bit at the time, mm-hmm. the more similarities I found with what I was taught about the universe and whatever we're calling God, right? Yeah. Um and um, I actually have a very, very dear friend uh, who's brought up, brought up Hindu and we always swap stories and um, we, we, you know, the hol- holidays that kind of tend to overlap, we're like, wait a minute, we do that too. And mm-hmm. mm, isn't that strange? <laughs> so um, it, it felt uncomfortable to kind of let that barrier down um, mm. because one of the main tenets of Judaism, which I think I feel pretty comfortable uh, saying, you know, I don't want to say all Jews, but one of the tenets in Judaism is that there is one God. Mm-hmm. So Christianity presents a problem because there's a father and a son and the Holy Spirit, even though they all are, are all one God. And certainly mm-hmm. Hinduism has, um, has a wide, wide uh, number of, of deities. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, they're all from the same source. So the more I started to kind of be interested in Hinduism, the more I thought, you know what, at it, and I think we've discussed this before, mm-hmm. at its heart, right, that major world religions have more similarities than differences. 
Um, so yeah, it was it, the, the physical practice, the asana was, was always okay, mm -hmm. but really what, what I'm after and the more, the more spiritual practices, um, which, you know, have their, their origins in, in Hinduism, um, at first was a little like, mm, not for me, not Jewish, not okay. It's not, not that it's not okay. But it's not okay for me. Right? Yeah. I'm a yeah. Jew and I'm remaining in this bubble of Judaism. Mm -hmm. um, but now much more comfortable. I, I, for time was doing, um, I always pronounce this incorrectly, uh, a Bhagavad Gita uh, study group. Mm -hmm. um, and I recently just restarted that again. So I find it really useful. I feel like it really marries well with Judaism. I'm studying Kabbalah now as well. Mm -hmm. And they're also um, very similar. Um, so I've made it, I've made it okay in my world and it feels, it feels right. It feels yeah. right. Now. Yeah. Yeah. The Bhagavad Gita is such a powerful book, such a powerful book. Um, when I did my 200 hour, um, so secret, I didn't read the required readings till after <laughs> but I was. Yoga Line's like, gonna come and snatch that certificate away. Right. But like there was same thing. There was like this this weird dance, right? That I was in because it was like, well, I'm a Christian. Like I don't like I I, I like, I don't, I'm trying to figure all this out, but the asana, literally like what you just said, the asana, like it just worked for me and my body. And, you know, I've been an athlete and a dancer and like, I, like I was, I've always been a somatic person, right. With my body. So it's like that part. Oh yeah. I'm here for it. It's like, but then when you start adding in everything else, so after my 200 hour, when I started reading the yoga sutras, mm. Michelle, I kid you not. I like, I had to force myself to put it down because every single thing I was reading, I was like, I can find a scripture in the Bible to match this. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it made me feel so much more safe and okay yes. to like keep exploring. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I was in the airport um, headed. Oh, wow. This is weird. I was actually in the airport headed to Peru for my 300 hour. Right. And we went from like my flight from from here to my flight from from home was delayed to go to Miami. So by the time we got to Miami, I would have missed my connecting flight to get to Peru. So they, you know, I had to a whole bunch of us from like every airline had to get in line and get like our ticket rescheduled and they gave us a room, blah, blah, blah. I had my yoga mat with me. I take it with me everywhere. It's like Dora <laughs> in her backpack. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and this um, Jewish guy. Right. And the only way I knew he was Jewish was because of the garb. Yeah, yeah. How he was dressed. Um, I was talking to like some other people in the line and they were like, oh, where are you headed? And da, 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 da. And I was like, yeah, because they saw, you know, the yoga mat strikes conversation period. Right. And the Jewish guy was like, well, what's yoga? And I, like, I was a little taken aback because I was like, in my head, I'm like, everybody knows what yoga right. is. <laughs> Even if you don't know what it is, you know what it is. But then I was like, okay, Ashley, like, he might not know what it is. Mm 
So I told him, I said, it's a, it's a, it's a mind, body, and spirit practice. And then he was just Mm. like, oh, the way he turned his nose, I was just like, okay. And I just kept it moving because I like, I had to start putting myself in a space where I know what this practice is for me. Mm-hmm. everybody else is going to have their opinions regardless of what my religious upbringing is regardless of the sacred text that I I like to read right because I'm also a lifelong learner I'm also a very curious person so mm-hmm. it's nothing for me to want to read the Bhagavad Gita it's nothing for me to want to you know, talk to other people from other religions and like really get to just understand, you know, their practices and what comes, you know, what comes up for them. But it was like, and it's funny, we're having this conversation, not in, not until you were talking just now, did that memory come back to me? I was like, that's so hmm. interesting. Yeah, that is. And I think that for, for, for a lot of us, what we're taught is to entirely reject any anything that can be even thought of in some way as a, a religion that's yeah. other than Judaism. So, um, because it's it's threatening, um, mm-hmm. it's 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 a threat to the exist like the existence of Jews, right? If it was explained to me that if you go to church and maybe you're so swayed by, by a sermon or by the music or just whatever it is that happens to speak to you, that the, the fear is that, you know, that's one less Jewish person. Mm. Now they'll, they'll convert to Hinduism if they practice yoga, or they'll convert to Catholicism if they were really moved by a, a Catholic service. So right. Jews historically, uh, persecuted and so um though a lot of the world wants fewer jews to know jews so to be jewish it's an important tenant to to stay jewish and to to keep a jewish household mm-hmm. and so any quote spiritual practice that's not jewish mm-hmm. is not okay yeah. and that triggered him to move on right? Mm-hmm. He said, oh, it's an exercise that I do, right? If it's asana, um, but once it moves into, it's a spiritual practice, flip, switch is flipped. I'm going to, I'm going to move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's funny you say that because anytime people say to me, well, isn't yoga like exercise? And I'm just like, stop it. Oh. <laughs> I get so mad. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> This is not a power I always workout. Say it's a, it's a, it's a byproduct, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, it would keep people warm in the Himalayas, right? So certainly the movement was, was good for that, but mm-hmm. of course, of course it's so much more. And, you know, a lot of people come to yoga because they think it's exercise and they think they need exercise. And they, the reason they stay is because of what else it does, of what it does for your mind, your soul, yeah, your energetic anatomy, not just your physical anatomy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I've had people, you know, of course it's always a conversation. I love talking about it, but mm-hmm. I've had people, you know, say they've tried, like they're, they've tried it, especially men, right. 
I think I was calling to pay a bill one day and I was talking like me and the guy were mm -hmm. talking on the phone. He was like, oh, oh, because of my email address, it's book mm -hmm. AE yoga. He's like, you must do a lot of yoga. And I was like, yeah, I'm a yoga teacher, blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, my wife does that. And she tried to get me into it. And I'm just like, oh, da, da. he said, and I finally tried it. He's like, that was the hardest thing ever. I was like, yeah, because you probably couldn't drop your ego. <laughs> One of my favorite things to do is to practice with um, people who've been going to the gym for years <laughs> and years, and they mm -hmm. walk into yoga thinking it's going to be a cakewalk. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they're like, Ooh, that was not what I expected. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're it's... doing the opposite, right? The gym, everything's getting hard and tight. Yeah. Right? The studio, we're certainly we're building endurance and strength, but we're also opening. Right. Yeah. 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 So where, where, like, so once you got into yoga, is that where you kind of picked up on, um, Reiki? So yeah. Okay. So let me start there. Is that where you picked up on like your spiritual gifting? Um, which I'm trying to figure out how to like, <laughs> Is is that where you found your spiritual gifting or realized that you you had a spiritual gifting? So it certainly was a big aha moment. Mm -hmm. um, it kind of brought all the things together. Well, it started to bring all the things together, right? I'm also mm -hmm. a lifelong learner and things yeah. are still coming together for me. Yeah. Um, so it really brought a lot of things together for me. I'd always had, um, we'll say interesting dreams, right? That's what I was kind of uh, told at home to say, right? So um, always had mm. dreams that would happen mm -hmm. um, or feelings that would, you know, intuition, right? Strong, yeah. strong intuition. Um but in the context of, of Judaism, um, I think in a context of it not always being safe to be Jewish in the world, it not always being safe to uh, be an, an intuitive person, um, that the messages I got from, from home was to keep those things quiet, right? Mm. So um, yes, you know, if I would talk to my mom about it, yes, I do that too. And so does grandma. And so does great grandma, but we don't talk about it. Yeah. And that was just kind of all of that. I was really looking for guidance. Like, what do I do with it? And how do I, how should I feel about it? Right. Really, really young. And um, how does it work and why? And, you know, all these questions that you, that you would have very clear message that none of those will be answered here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Move on. Yeah. So, um, moving on years and years later, I was in a, my teacher training mm -hmm. and we were um, part of my teacher training. We got our uh, level one Reiki attunement. Mm -hmm. And with that comes, you know, information, what is Reiki? How does it work? Um, et cetera. I'd never even heard Reiki before. I don't even think I Googled it before I walked in. I was like, we're doing this Reiki thing today. Yeah. And as the person leading the training was explaining it, I was like, that's a thing and it has a name and mm -hmm. other people do it. 
and we're allowed to talk about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, you know, the, the, the kind of the dreaming that I do and the dream work that I do aside, which is related, but not considered, yeah. let's say technically Reiki, but again, pulling it kind of all together. And we, you know, we've, we found partners to practice on and, and lucky for me, um, I was able to grab a really dear friend of mine, um, Julie, who also uh, raised similarly Jewish, uh, culturally Jewish. Um, and, you know, we were supposed to practice on each other. And I said, um, I just want you to know <laughs> <laughs> something's going on in me right now. And I'm not mm. sure what it is. I'm feeling really uncomfortable. And she was like, what? what do you need from me? Do you need to stop? I said, no, I think what I need to do is like, talk to you about it, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, of a similar background, she understood that um, feeling the, you know, being able to feel energy in your hands was yeah. something that maybe, uh, and again, I don't want to say in all Jewish households or all sects of Judaism or, or in all temples, but in my household, um, it was always, yes, but we don't talk about it. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, almost said it was uh, not something to be embarrassed about, but that's something that was not, we weren't going to communicate about it. Yeah. And so having a word, oh, this is energy that I feel in my hands and mm-hmm. this, this desire that I have to, to help other people with, with these gifts that I have, um, is real and it's safe mm. um because it was the message i got was it, it wasn't safe right mm. and partly i think because like i said being jewish isn't wasn't always safe and certainly um having these gifts regardless of how you identify wasn't always safe mm-hmm. um and on top of that there's a a line that ran through 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 my cultural Judaism, which was anything that looked, smelled, sounded like witchcraft mm. uh, was inviting demons, right? Yeah. Inviting uh, the evil eye, right? Bad bad spirits. So, um, talking about these these dreams or talking about energy. Um, would invite that that dark side yeah Um, I think you and I've talked before how um, uh, kinahara is is the Yiddish Yiddish word it's almost like a like a curse Mm -hmm. so if you were to tell your child that they were beautiful or smart if you were to to voice it if you were to say it out loud it's a kinahara it's a it's a jinx I guess is the better translation Um, that if you say to your daughter, oh, you're so beautiful, that the evil spirits will make her not beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was unsafe, right, to experience the light side mm-hmm. because it invited the dark side. Mm-hmm. And so why don't we just not talk about any of it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that that afternoon, I remember where I was sitting. I remember being in that room. I remember talking to Julie. I remember moving my hands over her body and being like, 
something's happening. Yeah. And it was beautiful. And I knew that it was safe because I felt safe in my body. Mm-hmm. I knew that it was okay. I knew that I could still identify as Jewish and do this work. Mm. And part of me felt very, um, very freed that I was kind of becoming who I really was finally, that I was letting go of the things that had repressed my great grandmother and grandmother, um, that they weren't allowed to feel or experience or, or do um because of whatever it is that that came down through their ancestry right yeah um so it's just this, it was just a really beautiful day and i was like okay i'm not sure exactly where this and i'm still not sure entirely where where this path is leading but i know that this is work that that i am called to do i'm called to do this work mm. wow wow you 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 broke it's funny all right, here go here goes my here goes my 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 16 bars. <laughs> In the like it's funny that you were told that quote air quotes, right? It's it's a curse. Yet once you allowed yourself to accept it, you broke a curse. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not, and just to be clear, not necessarily that having these gifts were a curse, but that right. exploring them and almost giving into them, right? Yeah. Um, that that would bring curses. It would bring evil spirits into the house. It would bring bad luck to me and my family and the people that I that I cared about. Yeah. Just even, you know, doing doing that work, yeah, would invite the opposite. Yeah. And oh my gosh. Wow. 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 And because probably in Eastern Europe, Uh um, it was true. They would knock on the door in the middle of the night and, you know, drag you and your family out of the house. So fully respecting, fully understanding that it was done out of absolute love. Yeah. But also out of fear right and uh a fear certainly there's anti-semitism in this world still right (laughs) but of it i don't feel as if i will be persecuted for practicing reiki and and the work that i do right now in this time and place and how blessed am i to be able to do that right yeah to not have to hide my gifts to not have to um let them let them go to waste right yeah oh gosh I'm like mm. because I, I I like I've I've come into a place where it's like you know yes there's generational traumas there's also generational gifts mm-hmm. and not everything in our lineage is meant to harm us right but both and not but both and we were like the way we were created was was and the timing of when we were created right was for a purpose was Mm. for a time so it's beautiful to see that you know like your mother and your grandmother and maybe even her mother you know had this 
gift and was told that if they were to explore, right? Because, oh, I, like there's so, oh my God, there's so, there's so much. <laughs> it's, in it's rich in, it's in very rich. conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like the only way you can even know if something is good or bad for you, right? Not good or bad as a whole, right? Because what is, what is good? What is bad? I think the older I'm getting, the more I'm learning. It's just like, okay, like, and, and I remember having a conversation with a friend from high school about that too, right? It's like, you know, he told me, he was like, don't focus on what's good or what's bad. Focus on aligning yourself with what's true with you, mm -hmm. right? And it's mm -hmm. like, you, you didn't allow Judaism, you didn't allow like the scarcity and the fear that could have easily kept being passed on to you right? Stop you from mm -hmm. saying, okay, but I'm feeling something, right? I want to explain, I, I want to kind of like open the door a little bit and see what this is, right? And it's like you, you becoming curious and you allowing yourself to jump off that cliff and see what, what works, like where you land now allows your children to not have fear in exploring their true self, Right. Because even in the, even in the Bible, it's scripture says my my gifts will make room for me. Our gifts are different than our talents. Right. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think I think what you do is such a beautiful, a beautiful thing, because people people f fail to remember we are energy. Mm -hmm. Emotions are energy in motion. So when we're feeling something, there's a manifestation of those behaviors, like the man, the manifestation of behaviors is what we're feeling energetically. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And it's important to name, and that was a big part of my, my healing journey through my, my, we'll call them perinatal mood disorders to just yeah. do a blanket term um, was wanting to be better for my kids mm -hmm. wanting to kind of break cycles so that they can be better, do better. Um, so they can be happy. Yeah. So they, they're not held down by the same the same things that I was mm. um yeah do you think that so and I'm mm, when you found out you were pregnant right do you think that that thought or that energy do you think that that may have like contributed to maybe some of that depression right like what kind of came up for you yeah so, um, I had wanted to be pregnant for a really long time. My husband and I got married. I was really young. Um, I would say young, I was 22 when we got married. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I wanted to be pregnant right away and he was not ready. And thank goodness he, you know, because mm -hmm. I don't know, I, you know what, I would have done it anyway. <laughs> I think I was, a, I was a better mother. Um, at 32 than I would have been at 22. But 
I had really, since I met my husband, I I'd really wanted a family with him. Mm-hmm. I never wanted a family at all until I met Tim. And then I was like, oh, okay. I think I would like to do that with you. Um, <laughs> You're the winner. <laughs> yeah. We waited. We said until we were done figuring out how to be ourselves. Yeah. Was when we would wait and to, to have our kids. So I had, um, I had struggled with depression and anxiety on and off since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's also something inherited both nature and nurture, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So I had been a very anxious kid. I had kind of bouts of of depression. Um, I had a recognizing now looking back on it with the knowledge that I have now, I had a a pretty big depressive episode um, at the beginning of college where I didn't get out of bed for a semester. Mm -hmm. And um, when you're in that state, sometimes you need someone to say, hey, maybe you should go do this. But nobody recognized it or maybe nobody had the tools to recognize it or to say something about it. Kind of, I don't know how, just pulled myself out of it um, you know, got back to studying, pulled myself out of my, my hole. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but back and forth, depression, anxiety, you know, as long as I, I can remember really. And then once I got pregnant, expecting, right. Because the media, because society fills people's heads with what it's supposed to look like and supposed to feel like when you're pregnant. And, and it's kind of this, this thing for women in our society, it's kind of this be all end all success of you're pregnant, you're married, you have a home, you have a job, you're pregnant. Now the stars will align and joy will rain down. <laughs> I was not have I was not a happy pregnant person. I yeah. was um some women when they get pregnant, the hormones will make them feel kind of euphoric and or or just pleasant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was very angry. I was, and that's how my, my depression generally manifests. Not everyone's, but mine is I get very irritable and very angry. Every, everyone is stupid except me. And I can't. Yeah. Um, I was very, I was pretty angry through my whole first pregnancy. I had always, for some reason, I can't even really identify. Well, long story longer. I had wanted, I'd always wanted boys for some Mm -hmm. reason. I wanted boys. Um, I think that I thought raising boys was safer than raising girls. Mm -hmm. Uh, Raising girls seemed scary to me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had wanted boys and uh, was convinced I was having a a boy and was told I was pregnant with a girl and um, was really... Um, I'd say disappointed. There's a lot of, um, but, but it's healthy, but it shouldn't matter. Right. Feelings are feelings. And I wasn't really allowed to feel my feelings about, about the the disappointment. Um, it's, it's really taboo, right. To, To talk about, um, to talk about that. But if you open up about it, often a lot of birthing people will say, yes, I had thought, or I'd expected, or I just, I'd always pictured, right. You're, mm-hmm. you're having fantasies, you're daydreaming about what your life would look like. Right. Yeah. Um, 
So that was just, I like to mention it because just to let other people know if they've had that emotion that it, it's okay to feel that. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so very angry through my first pregnancy, delivered her and I will say the moment that I just delivered the placenta, I felt uh, a downshift is really the best I can describe it. Mm. It was almost like a whoosh. Uh, it was almost as if something you could hear. And I felt a whoosh in my body. And I, the Michelle that I knew mm -hmm. disappeared. She went somewhere very deep, deep down inside. Mm. Um, and I felt a very ferocious um, attachment to my child. Um, it was very important to me that she was um, healthy and well and thriving and gaining weight. But that was about it. Mm -hmm. It was just this ferocious um, basic instinct to keep her alive. Yeah, that's it. That was all I felt for weeks. Mm. And I would, um, she was early. She was very tiny. Nursing didn't go great. Um, I put a lot of pressure on myself to nurse, to schedule. I'd gotten a lot of bad advice about scheduling, which works for some families. Um, and if that's the way a family wants to go, I fully support it, but it wasn't right for my family. Yeah. Um, but coming from a background of I'm a newspaper editor and this goes out at 12 and this goes out at three and this is the way, you know, mm -hmm. that I had a, I had a spreadsheet, mm -hmm. <laughs> I had a mm -hmm. spreadsheet of what time she nursed for how long she nursed on which side she nursed when she had a dirty diaper, what the dirty diaper contained at what time, et cetera, because it was a complete loss of control yeah and the way that I felt I could rein some of that control in so I could feel safer in my body in the limited way I was even in my body was yeah. to have a schedule mm. it got to the point where I would all day long just sit in bed and nurse and cry and that was it mm. and a couple a couple weeks of this maybe not even a couple weeks of this my husband said I remember this vividly I'm in the same room. He was standing right there. He said, I don't know who this is, but I know this isn't you. And I know you need help. I need you to make an appointment with your doctor tomorrow, like, like now. And I said, I think you're right. I don't know what's going on. Um, and I went and saw my doctor the next day. And uh, of course, we've all heard postpartum depression. We've all, but we all think it's not going to happen to me. It's someone else or it happened yeah. to my cousin, but that's not going to happen to me. Yeah. I want, I want this baby, right? I want to be pregnant. Um, and you fill out the form in the hospital. I'll tell you, maybe you did this too. I don't know. Um, you you know, now, thankfully, they're trying, right? But they have you fill out this form in the hospital. And you're feeling like, hell, like you just, you just shoved a person out of your most intimate area. 
I'm it's not filling out anything. <laughs> yeah. So you fill something out and it's like, have you felt sad? Right. The, the questions. I know I, I work with a lot of moms with PPDs um, and um, we all lie. Mm-hmm. We're smart. Mm-hmm. We want to take our babies home. We want to get the hell out of there and take our babies home. Yeah. And um, sometimes there's some irrational thought that if I'm honest, they're going to take my baby. Yeah. Or I don't have the time, energy, space mm-hmm. to talk about it or to, to heal about it right now. I have mm. a baby that I have to keep alive, right? Yeah. So I lied on my all the PPD forms they make you sign or fill out. I lied. Everything's great. So when I finally went to the doctor and ad- admitted to him what was going on, I like honestly, he walked in the room and I just started crying. Mm. And he was lovely. He handed me a tissue box and he said, Michelle, is there any joy? And I said, absolutely not. And he mm. said, okay. He's like, I want you to know this is not your fault. And we're going to get through this. And I was like, wow. Okay. And got dressed because I was in my gown and he's like, get dressed. Let's go to my office to talk about this. Mm-hmm. And, um, we had a great talk. It turned out he had just been to see my therapist a couple nights before she went to give a talk to a bunch of OBs. My therapist at the time, and still does exclusively, uh, pretty much exclusively uh, works with um, perinatal mood disorders. And he was like, um, technically I need to give you three referrals, but I just saw Joyce Venice uh, last night and uh, here's her book that you might like to read when you have capacity for that. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, you know, I took a family history. Um, there were some aha moments there, like, oh, mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and prescribed uh, 25 milligrams of Zoloft, which I was reticent about, mm-hmm. but I was in a place where I was willing to give it a try. Um, the Zoloft was wonderful. Um, I, I really feel like it, it really saved my life. Yeah. And that's not hyperbole. It, mm-hmm. it really did. Um, people have their thoughts, feelings, beliefs about medication. Mm-hmm. I believe medication can really, really be a lifesaver in conjunction with talk therapy, other modalities. Yeah. Um, I'm not a Reiki practitioner who says, Oh, come see me for Reiki and we'll, you know, we'll quote, fix it. Right. Yeah. There's so many modalities available why not why not find the ones that work for you and for me it was talk therapy and it was zoloft um and then you know over time um figuring out what my dose was once i had come out of the the postpartum depression once my hormones regulated a lot of that is um you know starting your menstrual cycle again will reset the hormones Um, once you, once you, if you're nurse, if you choose to nurse, once you stop nursing, that will often uh, help to reset hormones. So once my hormones had that reset, finding out what my Zoloft dose was, um, and then second being pregnant, the second time I was on a low dose of Zoloft, an appropriate Mm -hmm. dose for me. I had a beautiful second pregnancy. I experienced Mm -hmm. all the things that everyone said 
you experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I had suspected uh, this was probably the last time I was going to do it. So I was determined to enjoy it. Like Joyce says, we don't know what happens after this, right? Yeah. We don't know that we're going to be pregnant again, but we know we have this one. So let's yeah. enjoy it. And I did. I, I really loved being pregnant the second time. I milked it. I made people give me their seat. You know, I'd have people <laughs> go get me water. It was it was great. It was the first one I was like, I don't care if I'm pregnant. I'm going to do it myself. I can stand, rah, 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 right? Yeah. Mad at the world. The second time I was like, I'm a beautiful earth goddess. You know, bring mm-hmm. me gifts upon me. <laughs> Park me in the front of Target. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. And my labor was, my first labor was back labor. It was, it was difficult. Second mm-hmm. labor was fast painful and easy. Yeah. Um, and I had that moment. So with my first, right, I delivered her, I delivered the placenta, I, I disappeared. Mm-hmm. But the second one, I delivered her and I had that moment that you see like in the movies and the soap operas where they hand you the baby and you're like, oh, you know, and I, I had I had that moment. Um, and then a couple weeks later, <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, oh, something's not right. Went back to therapy, upped my meds, and not advisable. I stopped. I, at some point I just stopped nursing cold Turkey because I felt like I needed to, to reset, to reset those hormones, not yeah. advisable. You're supposed to slowly wean both for your, you know, for baby was fine, but it's for mom, um, or nursing person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, I need to not plunge into the darkness again. So I made the ill-advised decision to stop nursing cold turkey look it worked for me Mm -hmm. um and then had had, certainly had a ppd with my my second but it was less severe and it was a shorter time frame and then coming out of that still bettering myself still doing therapy still saying this is not this job was exciting before i had kids now i'm being called i don't know what it is but i i need to do something else started taking yoga and i was like okay I know that women need care after birth. Mm-hmm. I know there's a thing called postpartum doula. I had a post, I had a birth doula. I had a postpartum doula. They were good, not great. What's missing in that space, right? Yeah. What, what are women's needs now that we have all this information about perinatal mood disorders? Um, what can I bring now that I know that I personally have these these gifts and that I have right these these skills now, how can I work in this space in a way that I wish someone had been for me, right? When I was in that place. So yeah, um, yoga was really instrumental. And then being in that in that Reiki class was like, oh, this is a thing too. So I can mm-hmm. use yoga and and Reiki. Yeah. with with um with new parents um and then it was like well you know what everybody needs it everybody at some time right mm-hmm. really needs needs help needs yeah. let's say nurturing right mm-hmm. needs to be heard needs to be themselves in a safe space right yeah. Yeah. um so that's where the journey that's where I, that's where I live. That's where I'm still journeying through. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful because I'm, um, and as you were talking, I'm thinking about, um, uh, yoga and the dark night of the soul, that book. 
right? And it's like, and I, and ever since I've read it, I always say now, sometimes you have to go within the cave to find the treasure. And you did that, right? Absolutely. I could have continued at this kind of baseline of anxiety and depression forever and ever. Yeah. But that, that first postpartum depression was, was so deep and so severe that it was really, you know, my, my friends, um, especially my sister tease me about being, being a Pollyanna. Like I find the bright side to everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, of course, Michelle, you would find a bright side to a <laughs> postpartum depression. Right. Mm-hmm. But that, right. We're given these, these obstacles to overcome. Right. And, and they're, they're useful. We learn from them. We grow from them. And that's why we're here. Right. Mm-hmm. I believe that's why we're here mm-hmm. um, to, to be our best selves and to do the work that we're sent here to do. And so I could never have imagined being a postpartum doula who additionally brings yoga and Reiki, right? And those skills, um, if I hadn't needed a postpartum doula who could hold space for me in that way, who could yeah. nurture me in that way, who could support me in that way, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Wow. Wow. It's beautiful. So beautiful beautiful when we when we say yes to healing we say yes to our gifts and the the masses of people that are meant because people were waiting on you to heal essentially there's 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 pregnant bodies and babies that were waiting for you Mm -hmm. to heal so it's like, yes, she did it. Okay, now we're about to go through our stuff <laughs> so right. she can come because I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, because they come see me, but I'll come to you. <laughs> right? Because your character, your personality, and your gifting combined it as one mm. is is meant for a specific people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, I love it. What would you, what would you say to somebody who is struggling with feeling that they have something in them, right? Those, those, they're like, there's something in them that they, that, that, that they can feel Mm -hmm. and they want to explore, um, Mm -hmm. but are afraid to because of what religious rhetoric may be like kind of making them feel conformed in yeah that's a great question so I can I can really only relay what worked for me and Mm -hmm. and how how I came to it which is to you know I'm a I'm a real studier and learner so it was really I think by under understanding and reading um and and learning about what it actually was that I was feeling and what I'd been doing all along um my teacher always says um we you know 
we don't always have like the right words for what it is. So like the book isn't going to tell you exactly what it is, right? Because our human words are are so insufficient, right? Yeah. To just des- to describe what's actually happening. Um, but for me, it was just kind of knowing what it was in our our primitive, you know, human words um, made me feel made me feel safe, right? That this is, and also understanding, right? What Reiki is, where it comes from, that it's for everyone, mm-hmm. that you know, this is, this is one tradition of energy work. Um, but that there are many traditions that all come from the same, come from the same place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would, I would think that, you know, I said, okay, well, let me study Kabbalah. Let me study some Jewish mysticism, mm-hmm. um, which also was considered, Oh, don't touch that. We don't mm. touch that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> right like yeah. i still i sometimes um you know spit three times when when uh <laughs> it, it waited to like ward off curses right <laughs> and um so um studying jewish mysticism made it feel okay in my body mm. um understanding reiki and that lineage made it feel okay in my body. Um, so I would think that whatever religious background you come from mm. there and, and those, right. You're born into your faith also with a purpose, right? Yeah. And you have ancestors that you can, you can call on through, through that faith or whatever faith maybe you're born into, but then you, you find yourself in a different one, right? So you have ancestors and you have your own lineage and understanding how that lineage meshes with whatever it is that you're feeling or whatever it is that you're studying that maybe is outside of your lineage, but you learn about and practice with a reverence and a respect for, for that particular lineage. Yeah. Um, Because like I said, when I think when we first started right at its base, at its heart, most world religions, right. um, Are held up by the same, the same tenets, right. Mm -hmm. Which is just love. It's, it's all love. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. Wow. I always say I I never want to um I never want to keep myself in a box that's gonna make me limited to exploring the depths of myself. Mm. So if that's going to Peru and tapping into their mystical, magical rainbow, mm-hmm. you know, what that looks like, if it's having conversations with my Muslims now sister, right? And mm-hmm. whatever that looks like, because curiosity is where you learn. Yeah. Right. Curiosity is where you learn. Curiosity is where you learn. Okay, is this really dark? Is this like, is it is it dark for me or was it just dark for that time and that right. space? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because certainly like it didn't it didn't feel dark. It felt yeah. um right. It yeah. felt enticing, right? It yeah. felt like you know the red neon arrow pointing go here, go here, go here. Yeah. Um that's what it it 
it felt like, um, even though for other people, right, in earlier generations, it felt quite the opposite. It was a, you know, do not enter. Yeah. Um, but f- allowing myself to be open to it, be- and I think I was able to allow myself to be open to it, get through just the way that I do it, just the intellectual way, like, okay, well, let me read a book about it. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, I read a few books about it. Now I'm going to allow myself to feel it in my body for as long as it feels safe in my body, right? And also doing that work of, you know, being trauma-informed and mm. how I how I how I do and don't feel safe in my body. I feel so safe in my body mm. when I'm doing that work. Um and I feel so nurtured myself. Um you know, and they say if you feel depleted when you're done, right? Then you need to check, check into that and something needs to be adjusted. So um, Mm. coming out of a session, right? I know the the way that I feel in my body is right. I feel nurtured. I feel well, I feel like this is the path. The path that I'm on is right for me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Love (laughs) it, love it, love it. Michelle. Thank you so, so much. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. I so enjoy (laughs) talking to you and exploring with you. Yeah. Um, So thank you for that opportunity. I definitely want us to connect. Um, I think I said this to you before about like the dreams and. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, We didn't get to talk about my, (laughs) we get to talk about my dreams. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a whole other, maybe do a, do a month on dreaming. I'd love I will like, (laughs) I will definitely. I have so many things that I want to just, this podcast has opened up so much, so much more curiosity. And I love it because I get to talk about whatever I want. (laughs) Right. And like you said, like the key is like curiosity, knowledge. Yeah. All of it. All of it. Yeah. Oh, thank you so, 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 so much for this conversation. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And we will be right back. One of my favorite things to have at home with me when I need to just unwind and relax my mind and my body or when I'm in those really deep healing spaces and just need something to bring me back to center are candles. Vintage Essence is a black woman-owned company that specializes in candles, wax melts, and car diffusers. I also love my car to smell good. VE's goal is to provide you with items that make you feel comfortable and relaxed and that make your home your jam. Who doesn't want their home to be comfortable? Who doesn't want their home to feel safe and smell good and to feel cozy? Go to VintageEssenceCo.com and use the exclusive code that was created for our listeners, Voices15, to get 15% off your order and become a candle cousin today. Listen, y'all, my favorite candle is Hookah Lounge and Rest Your Cakes. I was able to get some samples of Rest Your Cakes hookah lounge was in a sample box that i got the sheet that vintage essence did during valentine's day i brought myself a cute little valentine's day candle set and brought myself some flowers ladies don't ever think you can't buy candles for yourself on special holidays also hmm 
beautiful scent long lasting just like filled the room so quickly but so softly at the same time these candles were definitely made with love definitely with prayer hands knew it like it's like the the candle knew exactly what i needed when i needed it so don't forget to use code voices 15 at vintageessenceco.com And we are back. Um, that interview was very rich. Um, and I'm so appreciative of Michelle coming and just sharing her experience, right? So everybody that's been on the show this month, um, even just my own story, these are our own individual stories, right? We each have our own journey we each have our own lived experience of what it's like to still honor um the religion that we grew up in that is in our lineage that we were taught right both and still wanting to honor who we are right the way god created us to be the gifts and talents and skills that he's given us um and after after michelle and i um stopped recording that episode she did want me to just kind of let you know um all of my beautiful listeners that may have been um we ju- i mean we just did a whole month on it that that are that have experienced or you know still working through uh, miscarriage and pregnancy loss that there was there was no there was no indication of like trying to um, exclude that experience right from Michelle's story um, both like but really trying to you know speak to her truth and where her healing journey has taken her um, and where it started. And it started with um, postpartum depression. I just recently learned that even after having a miscarriage or pregnancy loss, you can still experience postpartum depression because your body has already started preparing for that baby for your baby and it's it's made those changes right so then now that baby is no longer with us and is in a safer place in heaven um your body is now like you go through that so that explains a lot of just my own my own healing journey this time last year um well a couple days to date of this time last year and just what i was dealing with but yeah like i'm your spiritual gifts are they're such a beautiful thing um and i love how michelle really allowed us to look into um what that gifting looked like to her and the freedom to be able to engage in it um contrary to what growing up that looked like for you know her her mother and her grandmother um and even just you know 
the trauma implications that come with that, right? How she said she she felt it would be safer to have boys because having girls, it could have essentially turned out the way that it went for her. But her girls are amazing. And I believe that she is amazing enough to allow them the freedom to explore their, their gifting and, you know, just who they are. Um, so, yeah, don't be afraid to tap into those gifts, right? Um, it is safe. It is for your exploration. Um, the only time and the word witchcraft comes up a lot and I'm trying to like even really stop and say, what does that even really mean? Right. I'm going to Google it right now. I shouldn't did it before. So witchcraft is the practice of magic, especially for evil purposes, the use of spells, right? So anytime, I think the key phrase there is for evil purposes, right? We all have some type of, of gifting that comes from God, right? God, Allah, the universe, however you want to identify. Um, I think what 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 is important is that we learn how to use that gifting for good, right? Sometimes us gifted folks, you know, we haven't done all of our healing work and that bitter turns the gifting into witchcraft, right? Witchcraft is when it's done for evil. So trying to um trying to harm people energetically and you know all of those like those things are very very real very very real i'm not oblivious to how real those things are also because they've been happening in certain cultures for a very long time right um we think about voodoo we think about like all these different things are very real what is the purpose behind them? What is the intention? You guys hear me talk about this all the time. What is the intention behind what you are doing, what you are saying? Do everything with intention. Like Solange says, do ev- do, do nothing without intention. Do nothing without intention. Everything with intention, right? So the gifting that you are starting to allow yourself to be curious about right find a find somebody that you trust that you can tap into that with and that's not going to be judgmental and that's going to allow you to that's going to guide you into truth of what this is um yeah it's 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 a powerful thing um when you use it correctly when you use it for good so yeah i love you all for free i love you all for free namaste Soundstripe. Soundstripe.